Hello again. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Scooby What's New, Queer, and Delicious with me, Louise. I also go by Lou and use they, she pronouns. You're welcome to use those interchangeably. You can find me on Instagram at liminally period Lou if you'd like to say hi or tell me your ghost stories. You're going to like this podcast if you like stories, especially ones that include tons of family drama and spooky details. I started this podcast to humanize my late father, Ricky, in a way that wasn't half-baked. If there is some bond left to be had between us, I wanted to explore it. I didn't realize that that meant falling into the realm of spirituality and paranormal investigation. Our new bond isn't exactly traditional, but I do my best to connect with what his spirit's got going on. Recently, exploring this connection led me to Coeur Idaho, where we did a quick investigation on a very nice day in March. You can find the video on my YouTube. We weren't picking up any energy or spirit that wanted to engage with us until the very end of my spirit box session, which was just me holding my spirit box up to my ear while I looked around. Whatever was coming through only wanted us to know that it was old. And then I get this blip that says, Lichen as in werewolf. When I put this clip online, the caption reader of social media interprets the blip as my turn, but I really think it clearly says lichen. We didn't run into any werewolves on that sunny day that we visited East Ferdinand Lake Road, but it tempts me to go back out to Coeur d'Alene during a later hour and investigate again. I don't know if this will yield anything related to my actual father's death alongside this stretch of road, but I still wonder if anything would like to connect with us out there. I mean, whatever it is, my father or a werewolf, maybe it can fill in some gaps to the story. In this episode, I want to try my best at creating an image of Ricky for you that is as accurate as I can make it. You heard about my life after his death, but who was he leading up to his accident? There's not a lot that my family actually knows about my late father, Ricky. He was born to Marilyn and Rick Sr. They were married, but it wouldn't last. Ricky was four or five years old when tragedy struck. His mom was murdered in cold blood. He thought she was sleeping, so he had to answer the phone when folks came looking for Marilyn. He was rescued and she was mourned. Marilyn's sisters were responsible for Ricky after that. Rick Sr. wasn't exactly in the picture, and since Marilyn was gone, they were taking care of him. But he ended up fleeing those homes over time again and again because there were all kinds of abuse happening to him and his other younger family members. My guess is that his adopted families wouldn't get him professional help regarding his traumas that he faced as a kid, and that's just another compounding factor. Ricky was a tough kid, and he knew what was good for him. I mean, at the time, I think that meant fleeing these homes. My grandma loves to tell me how Ricky would show up on her doorstep and sleep on the porch until they woke the next morning to find him there. And I'm still unsure about how my grandma and Ricky's family knew one another to begin with, but my grandparents weren't really the type to rescue a kid, so they encouraged him to leave and find somewhere else to go, and often that meant back to the aunt's houses. They, my grandparents, may have done what they felt they could do for him, especially at the time, 
but he was homeless and headed down a dark path with no hope left for himself. I'd like to think that if I could recorrect my grandma's role in Ricky's life, I would. I would have done more for him. Ricky was your typical northern Idaho guy. Although he may have had unique traumas and suffered abuse, he wasn't stranger than anyone else. He was straightforward. He played the drums. He wanted to be a writer of vampire novels. Once he got involved in drugs and crime, he was inevitably caught and spent time in prison. He'd write my mom these love letters from prison, apparently, and this is where the vampire smut comes in. It's quite comical. He spent a lot of time self-reflecting as he was getting sober during imprisonment. At some point, my mom and Ricky came together to have me. When I was born, it was decided that I'd be named Delilah Darlene after my mom but she loves to tell a story about how Ricky rushed into the hospital last minute to tell everyone that I'd be called Skylar Louise after Marilyn Louise. It's a real tearjerker. He lived two years into my childhood before alcohol and or drugs would influence his driving and his life would end in Fernand Lake. Fernand Lake is a massive stretch of water, one of Coeur d'Alene's lakes which features a road that travels along the northeast side. You're welcome to drive down this road, but I caution you to watch your speed and stay alert during the drive because it's not guardrail protected and it would really matter at high speeds. My dad was traveling this one road this one night in a Nissan Sentra uh, before he drove off the road and into the water. Legend has it that he was trapped in the car and tried to get out but drowned before succeeding. Alcohol and or drugs were reported to have influenced the accident. To Ricky's family, this would be devastating, but not shocking to learn that he'd risked his own life. For my mom, it tends to send her head spinning. It causes her that double burden of grief we talked about in the last episode. And as we discussed in the last episode, the whole thing left me with a complex that I had to take time in my realized adulthood to overcome. When the story stacked up like this, I mean, you can see and understand the misfortune that I'd also suffer from mental health and environmental issues, not just because he would have been in my life, but because he had left early and permanently. Now, my mom would argue that this was for the better. She'd often lead me to believe that Ricky's passing was a blessing in disguise. He wouldn't have been much of a father, she says. There's a chance that I wouldn't be the realized version of myself that I love today if he'd been around to influence my growing up. Would I go as far as to say that his death was a blessing in my life? Do I think that this current version of myself is any better than another version of myself who would have known Ricky? One truth about Ricky that I've omitted thus far is that he'd be comparable to what we call today as a white nationalist. He was super racist, homophobic, and generally an ignorant Northern Idaho man. This was no surprise to me, knowing the social, cultural, and economic conditions of Eastern Washington and Northern Idaho. My mom remembers this part of him with clarity. She knows me too, and the breadth of my personal and political beliefs and worldviews. Ricky and I, in the timeline where he lived to watch the world turn, would have been at extreme odds about some things. 
in the timeline where he died when I was two years old in a car accident because he was driving intoxicated down a dangerous road, I don't consider the proposal that his death was meant to do anything. There are consequences to our actions, and sometimes those consequences show us the gravity of our choices. If Ricky was divinely guided to his violent death, he must have also been divinely warned that if he continued upon the path that he had chosen, it might lead to something like his death. He knew the risks of driving intoxicated, even without being divinely told that information. We all know this to be a no-no. On the other hand, he suffered from addictions and poor risk assessment as a symptom of larger coping issues, which I only assume he had little help with overcoming. A violent ending isn't out of the realm of possibilities for the type of trauma that Ricky suffered. Either way, I see no lesson in this. I don't want to carry grief so far as to say that his death meant anything, especially as a catalyst for any actual blessing in my life. I think my mom's wrong to consider Ricky's death a coincidental blessing in it in my life. I think it's circumstantial at best. And making meaning out of tragic ending for a man who barely had a chance, I don't think it's very fair. I don't want to be grateful to divinity that takes one life to create abundance in another. It seems against my nature and better judgment. But without judging my family too harshly for their contextual religious and spiritual preferences, I think it's interesting to bring up the idea of divine interventions, or more vaguely, meaningful coincidences. Ricky's death on the surface seems to be just circumstantial. There was a cause to his tragic demise, and that was alcohol abuse and operating a vehicle, but um, we all know that's a risk not worth taking. You know, for at least 25 years, there appeared to be no meaningful coincidences aligned with his death. In the last few years, though, I recently educated myself along a paranormal pathway that has no end, as we all do. Um, I'm curious and adventurous enough to take this road. I don't know what else to call my stumbling along this path but a meaningful coincidence. A renewal of interest in Ricky's story, his life, his connection came to me after pieces of his past basically fell into my lap one night. Since I moved back from my college and my young adult traveling, uh, my mom had been cleaning out the house we grew up in to remove all traces of me, my sister, and Jim. Uh, sometime in the shuffling around of these items my mom was cleaning up, I came into possession of some items belonging to Ricky, his mom, and other family members. I have a porcelain baby blue booty that belonged to Marilyn when Ricky was just an infant. I have a toy motorcycle that Ricky used to play with as a child. I have a collection of vintage Avon bottles that Marilyn used to have in an even bigger collection of Avon bottles. I also had a funeral program and a newspaper clipping that outlined Ricky's death. This seems to me like a quite a handful of items, but the collection did dwindle as it sat in storage with my grandma and my mom, and it eventually made its way to my small apartment to be stored again. So typically these items sat in storage bins shoved in the back of my closet. In May of 2022, I suffered from a mania-induced psychotic episode due to my bipolar disorder. If you've ever known anyone to go through something like this or you've been through it yourself, bless. It's undignified and can take months to recover from. 
This particular psychotic episode was a result of too much trauma building, including lingering feelings of isolation from the pandemic. I've only recently healed from some of these mental wounds. But I find this pile of stuff one night in my psychotic fit after tearing apart my entire apartment to rearrange things. I'm not entirely sure what the purpose of my rearranging was at the time, but I stopped dead in my tracks when these items made their way to the surface from my closet. Aside from the chunky porcelain baby booty, none of this stuff had gone back into the closet. For months, I was, I was coming out of my breakdown. I obsessed over the newspaper clipping that I'd found. It told a somewhat different story about my dad's passing. It highlighted his death among a number of deaths that plagued northern Idaho waters that year. In 1997, there were six deaths, six more deaths attributed to North Idaho lakes. I'll read the clipping for you right now. This clipping comes from a briefly section of the Spokesman Review, a Spokane, um, Washington local newspaper. The headline is, Car Dives into Lake Drowning Driver. And it's reported from Coeur d'Alene. A car plunged into Lake Vernon early Thursday, killing an unidentified man in the second Kootenai County drowning incident in 10 days. Kootenai County Sheriff's divers pulled the man from a tan 1990 Nissan Sentra that had driven off Vernon Lake Drive on a straight stretch. The accident appears to be alcohol-related, the Idaho State Police said. A logger noticed the car about 6.40 a.m., near the northeast corner of the lake, said Sheriff's Captain Ben Wolfinger. Divers found the car on its side in about six feet of water. Troopers said the driver, whose name was being withheld until family members were notified of his death, took no evasive action before the car left the road. Alcohol was found in the car, the ISP said. The accident occurred six months after 19-year-old Meridian Idaho man drove his car into the lake after attending a bonfire party on Lake Vernon. Thursday's drowning marked the sixth in North Idaho waters in the past eight weeks. After coming across something so jarring, especially in the state of mind that I was in, had me floored. I'll admit, I went a ton of wrong ways about it before I got here with it. I waited months after I was on my healing journey to start organizing Ricky's story to tell. That way, I understood what was a meaningful coincidence, and I understood what was a psychotic mix-up of my grand imagination. It's been about a year since finding this clipping. I still find it extremely weird that there were six folks who died alongside my father in the lakes that year, and many in similar ways. After preliminary research into these deaths, each death was an accident. Tragically, two kids were drowned playing in the water, each death after that, excluding a lost diver, was a DUI situation. Seven similar deaths in the same geographical location is statistically anomalous for northern Idaho. Consider Florida or Hawaii, which are water-surrounded places, sure, but northern Idaho? The area that we call the Idaho Panhandle hosts the cities of Coeur d'Alene, Lewiston, Moscow, Post Falls, Hayden, and Sandpoint. This area, as does the state, leans heavily Republican in political races and features segregated populations. Lumber is a huge economic feature of the region. Lake Coeur d'Alene boasts 16 miles of sandy beach among the many beaches and recreational spots in the area. And during World War II, after the attacks on Pearl Harbor, Lake Pend Oreille hosted the second 
largest naval city in the world at the time in Bayview, Idaho. And an April 1942 Spokesman Review article headlines that 30,000 men were to occupy the base in response to the wartime efforts. The old base is now Fargo State Park. Because Lake Ponderé provides an open ocean deep water atmosphere at 1,150 feet of depth, naval submarine sonar and prototype testing is still done in the water. Now, northern Idaho has many recreational waters to fish, boat, and swim. These plentiful inland northwest waters do claim about two people out of every 100,000 each year as of late, and that's higher than some national averages, but it doesn't meet the averages of states like Florida, Hawaii. About 437 alcohol-related deaths occur each year in the state, besides the year of 1997. I don't know that the overlap of deaths is significant either. Meaning that, like, in 1997, there were seven people who died in that average. So it's statistically anomalous in terms of drownings, but not in terms of alcohol-related deaths. But the overlap is hard to explain and would be hard to find out how many were alcohol-related drownings, if that makes sense. My intention has always been to investigate this anomaly. Like, seven out of 100,000 people were just the seven deaths in 1997 that were reported accidents. I want to understand the energy that 1997 held for maybe my father and these other people or the area itself. As I continue the podcast, I will decide a method for my interactions with the paranormal in the area and the spirits, and I'll let you in on the plan. I'm excited to kick off some final paranormal ponderings as we continue exploring my family history, personal vulnerabilities, and the conjuring of spirits in the next episode. For now, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Scooby What's New Queer and Delicious, and thank you again for listening to me humanizing my late father, Ricky, who, like you may have heard, never really got a chance to live a full life that was tons of memories passed down through generations. It was a short life, and I think he would appreciate the well-roundedness of his story with us today. So thanks again for listening, and um, stay tuned for another episode.